Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more. The fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18plusbegambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Hello, Sam Matterface here. We're bringing you something a little different today from our friends at The Times. Six years ago, FIFA introduced VAR. It was meant to help on-field decisions to be made quicker and more accurately by the referee. But after a series of errors... Is it really working? So sit back and enjoy this special episode from the Stories of Our Times podcast. Is VAR ruining football? It was your hand or the hand of God? You don't have to be a football fan to know about this. <laughs> For me, man. <laughs> it was my hand. I go out shouting goal and, and I look behind me to see whether the referee took the bait. And he had. So that was it. Come on, come on, it was a goal. The hand of God. In 1986, the Argentinian footballer Diego Maradona scored a goal against England in a World Cup quarter final. Argentina went on to win 2-1, sealing England's fate. The problem was, it wasn't a real goal. It was a handball, and England had been knocked out of the World Cup for no reason. It still hurts. Finally, 32 years later, technology was introduced to the world of football that would prevent problems like that. International FA Board unanimously approving the use of VAR at its general meeting in Zurich today. So World Cup, Premier League, maybe even down the road as well. VAR is a video assistant referee who helps the ref reviewing match footage in real time during games. It's supposed to help make quicker, more accurate decisions about things like whether a player is offside or if there's been a handball. But is it becoming more of a hindrance than a help? Is it taking the magic out of the beautiful game? And could it end up costing clubs millions? That was a disgrace, that decision. Absolute joke. I'm sick of it, I really am. You know, they go to VAR, they look at the screens, they slow it down, and they still get it wrong. You're listening to Stories of Our Times from The Times and The Sunday Times. I'm Manveen Rana. Today, is VAR ruining football? I'm Martin Ziegler and I am the Chief Sports Reporter for The Times and The Sunday Times. Martin, I want to ask you about one game in particular. This took place in September between Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspur. Just take us back to that moment. This was at Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. Liverpool were the visitors and it was a a pretty um, important match. 
Tottenham and Liverpool put their unbeaten Premier League runs on the line tonight when they square off in North London in what is no doubt, I think, this weekend's standout fixture. Tottenham were close to the, the, the top of the Premier League table. Liverpool were chasing them. So lots at stake and a very, very sort of high-profile game. So you've got the fans out cheering. A huge match expected. What happened? Liverpool were trailing in the match and 2-1 down. They thought that they had got an equaliser. And Diaz scores for Liverpool! The winger, Luis Diaz, scored a, what Liverpool thought was a correct goal, that there wasn't any offside, no foul in the build-up. Their celebrations were cut short, though, by the assistant referee, the, the person who stands on the line, waved the flag, saying that um, he believed the player was offside. Yeah, he's just offside. And in those situations, that is always checked by the video assistant referee, which is known as the VAR. And what happened? The usual process is that the... Uh, the VAR and his assistant, they use the best camera angles and they effectively draw lines on a screen to see if the attacker is in front of the last defender. And if he is, he's offside. Just checking the offside, Dilly Dilly. Give me a kick point. Let's go. Yep. Kick point, yeah, please. No so, here they drew the lines and realised he was onside. Yeah. You yep. 2D line on the boot. 2D line on the boot. Yep. OK. So 2D line on the boot. Check complete, check complete. It's fine. Perfect. But there was a terrible communications breakdown. Wait, wait, wait. wait. The on-field decision was offside. Are you you happy with this? Yeah. Are you happy with this? Offside decision. decision. Go. Yeah. What? On-field decision was offside. Are you happy with this, Simi? He's played. He's gone offside. The VAR, despite the fact that they made the correct decision, they communicated it wrongly. Instead of saying the goal should have stood, they said, yes, correct decision. And so the referees said, oh, well, he is offside. And he restarted the game with a free kick instead of giving a goal to Liverpool. Ah. Oh. Oddly saying to delay. Oddly saying to delay. Pardon? Oddly's calling in to say delay the game. Ollie? Yeah. Yeah, delay the game to delay the game stop the yeah, game they've restarted Nothing the game the yeah they've restarted yeah can't do anything I can't do anything I can't do anything and as things stand Liverpool ended up losing the match I mean that's a huge blow were you watching at the time Martin and, and just describe how that went down I was watching it was a sort of Saturday evening and I think pretty soon the TV pundits, commentators, and then, of course, the viewers knew that something was up because normally the VAR operators release the relevant pictures to show if a player is onside or offside. They weren't released. And obviously the reason was they realised within about 20 seconds that there'd been a terrible blunder, but the match had already restarted. And so, you know, if you follow the laws of the game, they couldn't go back. I mean, that's phenomenal, and yet that mistake was allowed to pass. There's no way back at that point. It's quite surprising, I think, for anybody 
who doesn't follow football because you'd sort of think VAR sounds like the new technological era. This is where mistakes don't happen. So just take us back a step to VAR and where all of this sort of begins. Sure. So for years and years, other sports had brought in sort of video umpires. I mean, we've seen in tennis, in rugby, in cricket... Football was always very reluctant to do that. The FIFA president up until 2015 was somebody called Seth Blatter, who was a bit of a traditionalist. He was very against sort of video referees being involved. That started to change. I think there were a couple of high-profile incidents. One was back in 2009 when Thierry Henry, the French striker, did a deliberate handball during a World Cup qualifying match, which then saw the Republic of Ireland eliminated and France go to the World Cup finals. It's the goal that's even got Ireland's Justice Minister demanding a rematch. Thierry Henry clearly handling the ball before playing it back across the goal for the winner. Slowed down, the France captain even appears to have touched it twice, first with his arm and next with his hand. That was seen as sort of a huge sort of travesty of justice, and I think that sort of set the scene for the build-up of pressure that there should be some sort of somebody sitting in a TV studio in watching what was happening and be able to tell the referee if he's mm. missed something enormous. And uh, FIFA finally bit the bullet. Video replays was introduced first in Italy in 2017 and then for the 2018 World Cup final. And after that, it became widely used in the top leagues and the top tournaments across the world. And how exactly does it work now? Is it sort of literally one person behind a screen somewhere who who makes the call? There's a VAR and an assistant VAR. Ah. They sit together and they also have a sort of technician who sits alongside them. There is no sort of system of challenges, which you have in tennis, for example. The the idea is that the VAR is overseeing everything that's going on. So the referee doesn't even usually ask. He might just say, oh, can you check that? But it, it, it's meant to be this overseeing presence. And actually, the VAR is not looking for every little thing, every little foul. They should only intervene if there's these match-changing incidents. So if there's an offside decision around a goal, that will be checked. Um, In English football at the moment, that's sort of done manually. The technician draws a line on the screen. Other competitions like FIFA's World Cup and UEFA's Champions League, that's done automatically. The players are actually tracked by um, cameras and artificial intelligence. Wow. Actually, a message goes directly to the match officials to say that player is offside. You can sort of see why it would be handy. You've got one ref running around the pitch trying to see everything and suddenly they've got the ability to call in help. Is it a bit weird, though, because for the first time, rather than just one other person making the decision, it's kind of being done by committee. I mean, do you get disagreements between the VAR, the assistant VAR? Yes, it is a, a bit by committee. Usually they, they are both in agreement, but the, the FIFA have insisted that the referee has the final decision. So if they think there's been a significant error, they will say to the referee, you need to look at it again. So the referee then goes over to a screen by the side of the pitch and he looks for himself at the video footage. He usually follows the um, advice of the VAR, but not always. Sometimes he says, no, no, I'm sticking with my original decision. You've already described the disastrous decision 
in the Liverpool and Tottenham Hotspur match. But it feels like VAR has been in the headlines a lot recently. Just talk us through all the other errors it's made this season. Yeah, so according to the the Premier League's independent panel, which looks at key match incidents, there have been 16 VAR errors already this season. Wow. At the same point last season, there were nine. So almost double. And obviously, that's very concerning for the people who who sort of run referees, because actually, (laughs) they would be aiming for it to be halved rather than doubled. I mean, there have been Wolverhampton Wanderers have been on the, the wrong end of two penalties uh, this season, both of which shouldn't have been awarded. Um, there was a, a match involving Newcastle United and Arsenal where there was a, lots of controversy around the goal that Newcastle scored to win the game. Arsenal released a statement afterwards saying there was unacceptable refereeing. But actually, the VAR got that decision right. But in that same match, two players should have been sent off. One, Kai Havertz for Arsenal and Bruno Guimaraes for Newcastle United. Just when it was simmering anyway, he has brought it to the boil. It's a stupid, stupid challenge. One of them received a yellow card, one of them didn't get anything. And Howard Webber, who's the chief refereeing officer, has since confirmed that actually those should have been red cards. So two mistakes in a single match which is remarkable, really. And there's still lots of controversy about it. Lots of people don't like it because it interrupts the flow of the game. There's like lots of delays while the VAR makes its decision or the referee goes over to watch on the screen or you're waiting for the offside technology. And the fans are sitting in the stadium, don't know what's happening. Yeah. And it can be up to five minutes. It's been, I mean, earlier this season, it was five minutes before a decision was made. We're going to give this five and a half minutes because that's how long it took for... Uh, Jay Rodriguez, late equaliser, to be ruled out. It looked like the lines were originally drawn, showing his onside. David Coop, VAR, wasn't happy, and they were redrawn. So some people say the spontaneity around football has been taken out of it. You can't celebrate a goal immediately. You have to wait until you get confirmation. Just in case. Yes. And is it true that it's causing more red cards? And if so, Why? It certainly seems to have been. This season, there's been, so far this season, 11 rounds of of matches, there's been 25. It does seem like they are using the the video replay system to be much more strict around um, what they see as dangerous challenges. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. 
If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18+, be gambleaware.org, T's and C's apply. Martin, I, you know, I, I, I'm not a massive football fan, but I was at Anfield last weekend and... VAR is definitely a bad word there. Is it seen as a, a, a good innovation still, or, or is it starting to really great? I think it's split. I mean, sometimes people hate it, and then when it intervenes to help their team, <laughs> they <laughs> like it. It's a very different story. <laughs> That's right. It's an interesting one. Um, I think a lot of match-going fans don't like it. The game is going backwards. I... I... There was times where I wanted to turn that game off. Disgusting officiating. How Webb needs to resign. He was brought in to improve VAR and he's made it worse as if it was a, a technical issue, then fair enough. But it's not. It's not a technical issue. It's a people issue and it's just wrong. There were other issues as well in the match. Not the trouble with it, if you're a match-going fan, you're sort of the last to know what's happening. It's much better if you're watching on TV because TV commentators, they have more of an idea what's going on. I mean, in rugby, for example, it's very transparent. The decisions are played on a big screen. You can hear what the video official is saying to the referee as they go through these incidents. That doesn't take place in football. But I um, I think the challenge is not interfering as much and only becoming involved for the really, really big errors. That's so interesting. So it's just completely different as an experience if you're watching on TV. Why does the row around VAR, why does it matter? What sort of difference can it actually make to a club? I mean, you mentioned earlier the Liverpool incident. You know, how much will that have held them back? If that match had taken place when there was no VAR, he would have been flagged offside by the assistant referee and the goal would have been disallowed. The idea of having VAR was to avoid those sorts of on-the-pitch mistakes. because, And it's very, very difficult sometimes, these close offside calls, to do it with the naked eye because you have to judge when the ball was kicked, when the player moved. You know, it's yeah. split-second stuff. And it's very, very important for football clubs because we're talking one point or two points that that decision costs you, that that can mean millions and millions of pounds, tens of millions of pounds potentially, if it means qualifying for Champions League, winning the title, being relegated. And that's why people feel it's so important to get these decisions right. And that's why they want to have VAR. And that's why there's such consternation when actually the VAR fails to do its job. Yeah. And I can imagine that for referees, you know, who also have to make very difficult split-second decisions, in some ways this must be like a godsend. Do you think, though, it's slightly changed the way they referee? They do like it as a sort of safety net. I think what now happens is that they might let the game run and then sometime later 
<laughs> if the goal is scored, then they can refer back to the VAR. So there was an incident um, last weekend, actually, where, again, Liverpool were involved. They're going to have a check. They're going to have a good long check because there was bodies falling everywhere. They scored a goal and then their uh, midfielder, Alexis McAllister, he was uh, penalised for a handball that happened something like seven passes beforehand. Goodness me. What on earth? Talk about re-reffing the game. I'm astonished. Chest onto the arm, but then the game carries on. And there's a thousand things that happen after that. And the goal was ruled out and there was a lot of controversy about, you know, how far do you go back? So I think there's a tendency for referees, particularly when the scrutiny is so intense, to want every little thing to be checked. And I think they're so scared of making mistakes because they get pilloried <laughs> by social media, in the press, TV. Much better for VAR to get pilloried instead. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So they are almost overcompensating and looking at too many things. They, I think if they were much more hands-off, A, that would reduce delays, B, that would stop so much of the the controversy and also keep the flow of the game going. And I think a lot of match-going fans would be much happier. Mm. I mean, there, there have been some very public errors with this. And, you know, as you say, a lot of match-going fans, a lot of the players, a lot of people have been very angry about VAR. Is there any chance that it'll be scrapped in the future? I really don't think so. Um, when you're speaking to the people who sit on the international FA board who make the laws of the game and speaking to FIFA, you know, the, the train has left the station and there's no, there's no going back, really. And I, I don't think perhaps the rest of the world is quite the hostility that there has been to it as there's been in English football. That's interesting. Yeah, I mean, for example, in Italy, which is the first country to bring it in, they'd had this incident in, in 2017 where Juventus won the title on the last day of the season with a, what most people said was a sort of very contentious goal, which shouldn't have been allowed. And in countries like that, which has a history of clubs either trying to put pressure on the referees and even a sort of history of attempts to bribe referees, it, oh, wow. VAR was seen as a, as a way of dealing with corruption as well. So um, I think there's much more support for it. Yeah. So in that case, it won't be scrapped. This is definitely the future. Is there a way of making it work better you know, football's been a, around in its current form for something like 150 years, and VAR's been around for just about five. So, and I think as people get more used to it, it can only get better. And let's talk about having specialist VARs because at the moment you can you can be a referee one week and a VAR the next. And I think there's a feeling actually that there's special sort of talents to being a VAR, and I think it's going to become a much more specialised thing in the future. But there's always going to be this issue, I think, around the, the subjectivity. You know, was that a penalty? How much contact was that? How, how serious a foul was that? You know, Footballing controversies have always been there, and I don't think VAR is going to get rid of that. But I do think, generally, we're not going to see the, the outrageous mistakes we've seen before. And I think that's probably what football can hope for as being the best outcome.
You've been listening to Stories of Our Times, a podcast brought to you thanks to the subscribers of The Times and The Sunday Times, with me, Manveen Rana, and my guest, Martin Ziegler, Chief Sports Reporter at The Times and The Sunday Times. You can find all of Martin's work at thetimes.co.uk or in print. The producers today were Olivia Case and Oliver Adamson. The executive producer is Kate Ford, and sound design was by Hannah Farrell. If you'd like to hear more football news and analysis, then do have a listen to our sister podcast, The Game, which comes out on Mondays and Thursdays. If you'd like to get in touch with us about anything you've heard on this podcast or with any ideas for stories you'd like us to cover in the future, then do drop us an email at storiesofourtimes at thetimes.co.uk. Thanks for listening. Have a lovely weekend. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Ladbrokes. Odds update on Talk Sport with Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply.